guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever made. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? I yelled at a lady at a noodles and company tonight. And I don't <laughs> feel good about it. Oh, fuck. What happened? Um, there's a Coke freestyle machine. Oh, the, the Huber's machine. Uh, selected Dasani flavored water and started reading all the options. And then she hit back, and she selected Sprite and started reading all the options. Oh, And then boy. she hit back, and I said, pretend there's only five flavors. It's a thing called choice paralysis. <laughs> yeah, analysis paralysis. And then she started saying, I'm sorry, and I said, you're fine. And then I sat down and retold the story, and everyone with me said, no, you're the person in the wrong. Right, this is this is an uh, Am I the Asshole post on Reddit, where it's like, no, yeah. See, here's the thing, though. Two things. One, we should not have that much choice with the Coke Freestyle Machine. No like, one this man is... should have all that soda. It, truly, like, this is like a, a drink deeper taste, not the Coke Freestyle Machine. <laughs> I, it's, we, we shouldn't have this much, much power. Um, you know what I... I get from a Coke Freestyle Machine? What's up? Dr. Coke. Pepper. Yep, there we go. I what you know the you know what I do. Soda. You know what I do? I I uh I always get something that's like cherry lemon mellow yellow or something. Like it's always very sort of what if I drank a sour patch kid and hated myself and then I drink that? And I honestly Coke Coke Free I can totally understand analysis paralysis of looking at it and being like my god, it's beautiful. And like not knowing what to fucking get from this thing. Um, I've never seen one before. So <laughs> think about how there are restaurants where they keep it behind the counter. The Coke because it's, it's too much power for the, the unwashed masses. Yeah, it's like it's like giving a thermonuclear device to a toddler. Like I should not have that much much freedom with my soda. Yeah, like um, the Wendy's, you have to go through the drive-through and ask them, and then they'll tell you whether or not you can have them. I mean, it's it's like with kids, right? Like if you go to a Baskin Robbins or something with a kid, uh, like a very small kid, you give them two options, right? You're like, okay, you can either get mint chocolate chip or cherry jubilee. Like you don't go, all right, pick from one of these twenty-nine flavors because their eyes will glaze over and they'll be like ice crams, and then you're gonna be there for like three hours while they try to figure out what they want. Uh, and nobody's happy, so you just you know have a, have a very narrow set of options. I think. Yeah. Speaking of narrow sets of options, um, I've not watched almost any movies because I've just spent this week scrolling through the options on Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah. Although honestly, Prime is way better for scrolling than Netflix, which I, I think Netflix has a thing that drives me insane, which you already know what I'm going to say, which is the autoplay feature. Yeah, autoplay can... can suck a dick. I hate it... that. It can suck a dick, and, like, nobody wants it, and it's, like, such a great example of, like, tech doofuses, like, designing an interf like, designing a UI for a thing like Netflix, where it's, like, I, there are so many things that I have not watched on Netflix because I didn't want to get fucking bombarded with a video that pops up and yells at me. Okay, do you remember the horseshit, uh piece that was going around the internet a while back about the scariest movies on netflix and they're no. like we've determined that our netflix original is too scary to watch because people have turned it off after 40 minutes which means they were engaged but they, <laughs> but they were too scared i was like you don't know how people use netflix do you well everybody left everybody left my party uh 45 minutes in so my party was obviously too good 
for everybody at the party. Um, they just couldn't handle how good my snacks were and my music choices, and they just they couldn't hang, so they left. And it's really sad. Just you know, maybe my my cool parties aren't for everyone. Why is it that horror, especially, prides itself on people quote walking out unquote? You know, I I almost kind of feel like that's a thing we have going for us as a genre with horror is that like if if, if a movie is so. Because you kind of, you know, there's never a movie so funny you have to take a break and go do something else. You're never like, ah, oh, fuck me, I was watching this John Mulaney special and I had to pause it and go do something else because it was just too much for me. I started, like, horror is, you know, it, it produces a physical bodily reaction and it's, you know what it is? It's like the equivalent of, like, a kid who doesn't know how to talk to his peers and doesn't know how to, like, uh, be charming or cool, but he can eat a worm he found at recess and make <laughs> and make people yell and run away. And that's a thing that you can do. Like, it's it's either this or eating paint chips. Uh, these are the two things I can do as a child. So Ryan, what me. cool it's shit me. have you been up to this week? Uh, so this week I so I finished Mindhunter, um, and it's one of those shows that I feel like it's all I want to talk about right now is Mindhunter. Um, mostly because uh, Bill Tench on that show, I love so much that Mindhunter does this thing that it subverts everything you're expecting with these characters, because with the main character, Holden, played by Jonathan Groff, um, he kind of looks like a, a, an H.P. Lovecraft protagonist, you know what I mean? Like, he's got sort of dark circles under his eyes, and he's sort of spooked looking, and he's kind of twitchy, and you're kind of expecting him to be, you know, a little a little guy, like a little bumblebee, and you want to, you know, support him because he looks spooked, but really he's a huge fucking prick. <laughs> And then Bill Tench, who, you know, he sort of looks like a classic police heavy, you know what I mean? Like, he's got the sort of, like, you know, the, the Cro-Mag brow and the thick jaw, and he just he kind of looks like a bad cop. And the thing is that this character has so many goddamn feelings all the time, and he's genuinely trying his best. And it's the show is just so fucking good. Um, so there's been that, and then also, uh, I... It's not ghoul shit exactly, but... Um, so the book that I'm almost done reading, uh, that, I, that I've been reading uh, in the last week, is it's called Red, White, and Royal Blue, and it's a romance novel about the, uh, uh, the first son of the President of the United States and uh, a, an English prince who hate each other, and then, because they have an incident at a party, they're forced by their PR people to, like, f pretend to be friends, and then it grows into something more. And it's fucking great! Like, honestly, go look up Red, White, and Royal Blue. The writing is delightful. Um, it sort of operates in, like, an alternate United States thing where it's like, yep, and then right after Obama, there was no... You know, we had a different president, and this is who the president is, and that's what's happening right now. And it's... Yeah, it's, it's fucking great. Um, I feel like... All right, so I feel like we should also talk about... So on this show... We have a few times uh, mentioned uh, fondness for uh, a, a certain horror host that has not aged well. Yeah, so apparently, um, unbeknownst to us, Joe Bob Briggs has uh, been writing for a magazine that I'm not going to give free publicity to, but he's yeah. been writing for a magazine that has associations with... Um, fascism yeah pat buchanan is also a writer on this site which sort of tells you immediately and and he yeah so joe bob has expressed some really bullshit opinions about like antifa being bad and about you know sort of i don't know like it's part of me wants to it's like i want to give him the benefit of the doubt because i have enjoyed his work but also it's like no there's no defending this he 
has said a bunch of really wild bullshit. And also, if you dig into it, he's said a lot of the same bullshit before. Yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of the turd bird. He sucks. And you know what it is? All right, so I figured it out. Um, if there's a horror icon from the 80s uh, or before, the closer geographically they are to Texas having grown up, the the greater the likelihood that they have gone MAGA chud uh, in their later years. I don't know do what it is. Do you think it is the? It has anything to do with people watching cannibalistic human underground dwellers? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, MAGA chuds. That's what it is. You you get indoctrinated into this culture, and before you know it, you're uh, hanging out with Pat Buchanan. Apparently, it was it was. Uh, so the the essay that I found and then read from Joe Bob Briggs, which I hate that I gave this fucking website traffic, but I had to know because. You know, we were made aware by uh, one of our listeners that like, hey, so just so you know, Joe Bob Briggs, kind of a shit butt. Um, and this article was basically sort of, you know, the real fascists are Antifa and, um, you know, nobody should oppose fascists because if you don't like them, just ignore them and they'll go away or whatever. And it's just... Yeah, because that's historically uh, viable. <laughs> yeah, can we just sort of um, all collectively agree that just ignore the bully and they'll go away is never actually good advice yeah it is pretty trash advice like yeah like when i so when i was a kid and i was getting bullied my mom was you know always sort of like you know either ignore them or it was they're just jealous of you and it's like mom i have a mushroom haircut i'm wearing it <laughs> i'm wearing a button-up anime shirt these they're they are not why would they be jealous of me and my frosted mushroom haircut um so, I, I, yeah, so uh, they're not jealous of you, and they're actually just assholes, and you should fight them. So, that's, yeah, it's it's a real bummer. Although, we still have Sven Gulli. As far as I know, Sven Gulli, ideologically pure. So, I'm really upset because I was at my um, in-laws this weekend, and they get me TV, and uh, it was Saturday, so Sven Gulli was about to come on, and then hey. it was revealed to me... That um, local affiliates of MeTV don't have to air everything that's on MeTV. Oh, so no. So my, my in-law's mo- uh, local affiliate uh, spliced in the local news at the exact time slot that Sven Gulli starts. No! Yeah, See, this so... Is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so what it is is that you have to find a live stream to uh, w- WCIU, Channel 26, the U, in... Uh... The greater Chicagoland area. Yeah, clearly I, I need to do that because I don't even know what the movie was. But anyway, well there we go. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. speaking of of hot trash movies, let's talk about <laughs> Hell Comes to Frogtown and how it's surprisingly not hot trash. Holy fuck! All right, so uh, the logline for Hell Comes to Frogtown, which also is just a fucking great title for a thing, because when you said Ryan this week, do you want to do Hell Comes to Frogtown? I, I said yes before I, like, sight unseen. Like, it's a movie called Hell Comes to Frogtown. I feel like that title is, like, in the 80s especially, there were long titles like that, or like Chopper Chicks and Zombie Town. Yeah, um, it, it's, it says exactly what the movie's about. Yeah, and now, when it's Hell Comes to Frogtown, the main character, whose name is Sam Hell... Um, what who, in the Sam Hell? What in the Sam Hell? The titular Sam Hell... Um, so basically, a big part of this movie's plot revolves around Rowdy Roddy Piper's jizz. Yeah, so so Sam Hell is uh, played by 
the incomparable Rowdy Roddy Piper. This was yeah. his first film. Man, honestly, I it's it's such a funny thing to me. Like he definitely has like on-screen presence. I mean, he's okay. So he's basically just doing the Rowdy Roddy Piper routine where he's just talking like this and he's, you know, just sort of doing the weird breath thing and it's him doing Roddy Piper. But you know who else does basically themselves? Keanu Reeves, Christopher Walken. Um it's fucking great. He's we, it's, he, Roddy it's, was too good for this world. He was. That's why I we that, lost him. <laughs> Jesus had to bring him home. Yeah, which I mean, and don't get me wrong, he also did some pretty problematic shit. Oh yeah, the man painted I, himself half black, half white to come in on apartheid. Yeah, or well, because he was yeah facing Bad News Brown at WrestleMania, and although you're familiar with the story about Andre the Giant and that body paint, right? No. Oh shit! All right, so when Roddy, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, painted himself half black uh, for this match with Bad News Brown, who's a black wrestler. Um, he uh, painted the stuff onto himself and then had the paint remover backstage, and it was clear. And because Andre the Giant was buddies with Bad News Brown, um, he switched out the paint remover with just plain water. So Rowdy Roddy Piper was stuck being with like half black body paint for like weeks. He got on a plane like that. He could not get it off because Andre the Giant was like, man, this is racist as shit. I'm not let's we're not we're not doing this. So the best thing about this movie is we got the Blu-ray DVD provided to us by Vinegar Syndrome. The almighty and Vinegar Syndrome. The behind the scenes material on this is is wonderful. There's an interview with Randall Frakes, the uh, co-screenwriter and producer. Do you know how they landed Roddy Piper in this role? Uh, I think it was they had a few different people kind of on deck, and he was the one they went with. Um, that, but also Donald Jackson, the director, directed the um, documentary I Like to Hurt People. So he had an in in wrestling because he was friends with... Andre the Giant and Roddy Piper and all these other dudes because he directed like one of the first wrestling documentaries. So when Don Jackson was like, hey, I wrote this movie, uh, Roddy Piper was like, of course I want to be in it. I mean, I feel like you don't get I, like I feel like with uh, Andre the Giant, you're not friends with Andre the Giant. He decides that you're friends and now you're friends with Andre the Giant. <laughs> I love that back in the day when he did The Princess Bride, he was so proud of himself for having done it that he would just like on the road force the other wrestlers to watch it with him over and over again because he was just so excited about it and nobody was going to fucking say no to Andre the Giant because he's huge. Um, but so all right, so the plot of Hell Comes to Frogtown. This takes place uh, in a post-apocalyptic uh, hellscape where we um, had a big fucking nuclear war and uh, everything got bombed to hell and it's basically Mad Max uh, but with Battletoads yeah um, so irradiated frogs have grown to the size of men yeah which and I gotta tell you these these uh, person frogs really fucking good prosthetics do you know why no because the guy that made them was um oh shit my notes are down it's steve wang who uh was also the fx guy who is responsible for the predator no shit yeah um he also made the um special effects for this movie under budget because he loves frogs He's like, frogs are my favorite animal, so I'll cut you a deal on this movie. 
So he was just in it for love of the frog. Like he, he was, was like, just oh. in it for love of the frogs. And his dad liked Roddy, <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper. So he's like, hey, while I'm here, um, Roddy, can you take a picture with me for my dad's birthday? <laughs> you know what? I've taken jobs for less. That's fair enough. Like I really <laughs> like frogs, and Roddy Piper is there. So Steve um, Wang is so pure because he was like 21 when he did this movie, and they're interviewing him on this Blu-ray, and they're like, what about the political undertones? And he's like, you know. I was 21, and I find it best not to look too deeply into the politics mm. behind these films. I just, oh, absolutely. I, I liked frogs, and I made a really good frog suit. <laughs> Listen, that's uh, uh, making a really good frog suit is as good a praxis for uh, social, like social politics, as anything else. Like, you start from I made a really dope frog suit, and then you work your way around to reading the Communist Manifesto. So this movie character, uh, Sam Hell, is based off of Timothy Truman's comic book character, Scout, which is just a Native American with a machine gun and a loincloth. And when you look at the costuming, it's like a direct fucking ripoff of this 80s comic book. Well, I mean, okay, so Roddy Piper's character is basically, I feel like if they had the money, he'd be played by Kurt Russell, right? Yeah. Like, this yeah. is... Uh, so his thing, Sam Hell's thing, is that he's like a renowned uh, coxman, right? Like he's sort of, you know, like, oh, you know, like s stories have spread far and wide about the uh, efficacy of Rowdy Roddy Piper's dick. Like he's just really good at fucking and they're trying to repopulate the earth, right? Because it's nuclear apocalypse and there's fucking frog people. And so they're trying to um, find fertile women who can, you know, hang out and, and sort of repopulate the planet. And, and the whole movie is like, oh no, another woman wants to fuck me. Yeah, and actually, I this all right. I'm gonna say a thing that I did not think I was gonna say. The gender politics of Hell Comes to Frogtown, not fucking bad, actually. <laughs> I was because I was engaging. Like, I you know what? Like, there's so many bits where like someone's like, all right, well, yeah, and and you know, you get you know, like nice guy Roddy Piper being like, oh, keep, don't put your blouse back on, please. Like, there's a bit where it's like, all right, well, you got to fuck her. And he's like, what? You know, like, can't we get, like, some atmosphere? Can I get to know her first? Like, this is weird. I don't like I'm this. Not it's not a like... machine. <laughs> They're like, yeah. no, just inseminate all of these women. Yeah. Hell. And there's a bit where he's like, I'm not a machine that you can just turn on any time you want. Like, it's, god damn, like, this, I cannot even believe that I'm about to say this, but Hell Comes to Frogtown explores bodily autonomy and, like, sexual freedom. I think, what, all right, so and here's, also, here's a thought. uh, cod pieces wired to explode yeah all right so sam hell demisexual icon like he has no real interest in in dicking anyone down that he doesn't care about or know very well and so there's all right so there uh this is this movie is much more of a rom-com than i thought it was gonna be oh, because it's such a rom-com it's the nurse um ratchet has her earrings that uh, electrocute his crotch when he misbehaves. And he's like, why I oughta? And yeah, she's yeah, just but... shocking his penis the whole time. Well, and okay, so she shocks his wiener, and then also he has a device built onto his dick that if, he's, if he goes too far away from her physically, it will fucking explode, and he will die from an exploded dick. Um, I really like this movie. So yeah. he, there, there's a line in here that I love. Which is so Spangle, uh, the 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 lady who is sort of uh, charged with you know keeping an eye on uh, Sam Hell, um, 
she's sort of like, what, you know, like, why can't you just fucking, and then, you know, he sort of, and he says, and I quote, maybe you should try making love to a complete stranger in the middle of a hostile mutant territory. See how you like it. <laughs> um, it's, this movie is just fucking great. And it's, so you've got Brad Prosthetics, and uh, all right, so the, the plot of the thing is that uh, there's a place called Frogtown. And Frogtown uh, has kidnapped all of these doable women. And so the idea is that, like, oh, it's these weird frog mutants, and there's women held captive, and we need to, you know. Which is also kind of a gross thing, because you're kind of like, oh, okay, we're doing this. Um, but it's, so he has to go to Frogtown to rescue these women, and basically a lot of this is just the sort of Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell thing between Spangle and Hell. Spangle Hell? Alright, so what is what is the portmanteau ship name for this couple? Is it is it Hell Spangle? Is it Hangle? Or is it just Spell? Spell. Yeah, it could just be Spell. I don't know. I like Hangle, because it makes me uncomfortable. Um, so <laughs> As any this movie... uh, couple portmanteau should. <laughs> uh, there's one bit of the movie where Roddy, Rowdy Roddy Piper is about to fuck a frog. And it's uh, a sort of lady frog who's friendly and kind of on their side and helping them out. And she's kind of the Matahari frog. I think in, yeah, in this she's a double sense. agent, even though she's a frog and they, they literally ask her, why would you sell out your own kind? And she's like, you know, it just happens. We don't like <laughs> fucking say la vie, man. It's such as life when you're a frog in the wasteland. And Another so wonderful things about the Steve Wang interview is he's like, it's really a shame that Christy Summers didn't have much of a career past Hell Comes to Frogtown because she's like, mm -hmm. despite being in five inches of frog makeup, she was the best actor on set. Yeah, and like, and and the the lips moving on the frog prosthetics, like her physical acting in this role, is just fucking outstanding. She's so good. This um, and um, the TV movie Kiss of a Killer in 1993, last thing <laughs> she did since 2006. You know what? So Good she had a her. long sabbatical after Hell Comes to Frogtown. It's great. It's it's great work if you can get it. Um, and so there's yeah, you know the all right. So with the the exploding dick thing, uh, there's definitely uh, you remember that Alfred Hitchcock thing about if if you know if if you tell the audience that there's a bomb uh, or okay if you have a bomb under the table in a scene and it explodes, you can scare your audience for a couple of seconds. If you have a bomb under the table and you tell your audience that in an hour and a half this bomb will go off. You can scare them for an hour and a half. Um, and that's like Rowdy Roddy Piper's hog um, exploding in this film. Um, it's... I cannot even believe how much I liked this movie. I'm oh, probably going to watch it again. It's very good. And again, the transfer on the Blu-ray, as well as all of the special features. Um, apparently there was a big tumult in this film because... Um, Don Jackson was only known for making these like really cheap direct to video things mm -hmm. and new world cinema, um, gave them a lot of money because he made really cheap movies that made a lot of money. And they're like, but if we give you this much money, we can't let you direct it. And he's like, no, I'm going to direct it. So they sent another director on set. And they like kind of got in a fight and like most of the crew got fired. Um, Whoa. And the Blu-ray is filled with all of this original crew, including Steve Wang and Randall Frakes and Don Jackson himself talking about like, yeah, that's, you know, it's what happened when 
the other guy, uh, Kaiser, took over the film and all that. So it's a very um, fascinating backstory to Hell Comes to Frogtown. Where on the list do we think uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown should go? So I'm thinking right around another gem from Vinegar Syndrome, Slaughterhouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a pretty comparable movie to me. That, like, it's it's sort of... Um, straight to i i would say straight to video garbage that's actually incredibly satisfying and good yes um because i mean and again to me it's sort of the um i don't know you get a movie called hell comes to frog town this is exactly what it says on the tin and it's great yeah no false advertising here it is 100 percent Hell in a frog town. <laughs> 100% hell, 100% frog town. Um, I, all right, so between those two, I feel like I want to give the edge to Hell Comes to Frog Town between that and Slaughterhouse. Oh, I think that's that's fair. Now, what about Blood Harvest? Ooh, I kind of didn't care for Blood Harvest so much. With Tiny Tim? I mean, yeah, mostly because I, I wanted to see Tiny Tim as a murder clown, and you never actually get to see him doing clown murder. No, he's just a clown. He's just a clown, and, like, the big reveal is the murder clown that you thought was murdering people was actually just, like, a nice, friendly clown played by Tiny Tim. And uh, I, I I have no truck with that. I want to see Tiny Tim as a murder clown. Okay, Ryan, right above Slaughterhouse is um, Wild Zero and Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> I feel like Interview with the Vampire is one of our boss battles on this podcast. There are, like, a few of those where it's, like, the Devil's Rejects, and uh, Interview with the Vampire, and, like, yeah, I feel like there are just certain movies that we always come back to as, like, the the gatekeeper for this. Okay, well, here's um, the thing. The Toxic Avenger is one above Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> so the real <laughs> question is, how does Hell Comes to Frogtown uh, relate compared to the other video store classic the toxic avenger well i mean this is this is kind of my thing is the toxic avenger had a way bigger cultural impact but i feel like hell comes to Frogtown is better in absolutely every way <laughs> like there is no axis on which hell comes to Frogtown is not a better film than toxie so i want to give it points for that but here's here's where i run into problems um so you know that i am an avowed uh, apologist for freddy's dead the final nightmare um, I mean, their map says we're fucked. Okay. The map says we're fucked. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so I, I, I put this one in. I, I put this one in your hands because I can't be objective anytime I'm ranking Freddy's Dead versus something else. Uh, I think so, if you're if you're looking at just like nightmarish train wreck movies, Freddy's Dead is more fun. It also has Roseanne Barr and yeah. Tom Arnold in it. Oh yeah, just popping up. It has a Johnny Depp cameo. It has, I think, one of my favorite deaths in the entire series, which is like, all right, so we're dialing everything to 11 and detonating this fucking franchise by going as far into this as we possibly can. And then having Freddy Krueger just pull out a giant chalkboard and scratch it with his finger knives to make somebody's head explode, uh, it, it's it's perfect. And it's Rachel Talalay directing... Fuck it, it's, it's great. Um, so I feel comfortable putting... Hell Comes to Frogtown, featuring uh, the immortal Rowdy Roddy Piper um, above the Toxic Avenger and below Freddy's Dead at 182. Yes. Now, let's talk about an equally horny film. Holy fuck. So the next movie we're talking about, 
uh, is uh, it's available on Tubi, which, by the way, Tubi is quietly like one of I, I feel like there's no one really talks about it, but it's got like every movie ever. It's Does very Tubi? good because it's got all of these insane movies and they're like, yeah, if you're willing to watch the same commercial for a local exterminator, <laughs> you can definitely watch Slimeball Sorority Base <laughs> and the Slimeball Bolorama. Yeah, so and so it's on Tubi and also Fools on Shudder. Fools are out of here paying five ninety nine a month for a streaming <laughs> service when, when we're you could offering just, it. Yeah, when you could just uh, watch a, a, a local commercial for home repair. Um, and so, all right, so Sorority Babes in the, sli- in the Slimeball Bolorama... Um, which apparently the original title was Bitchin' Sorority Babes in the sli- in the Slimeball Bolorama. Was that his standards um, and practices thing? Was it just like, well, listen, we, yeah. we can't have a cuss on the poster. That's that's literally, yeah, the MPAA was like, guys, look, we you can't, I get what you're doing here, but you can't have Bitchin' Sorority Babes. And so, uh, and apparently everybody hated the title except for uh, one of the actors who also played uh, Rick, Alice's brother, in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Um, so holy shit, this movie. Oh. It's directed it, by David Decoteau, who does not get enough praise as just the most unapologetically campy film director in horror. Yeah, David uh, Decoteau, it's sort of, listen to me, if you're going to rent a movie called Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolorama featuring motherfucking Linnea Quigley, and... Like if you if you order that and you don't completely know and understand the thing that you're getting, I kind of don't know what to tell you. Um, it's now all right. This movie is basically spooky Porky's. Did you ever it's, watch Porky's? Yes, I've watched Porky's. It's it's very much spooky Porky's. It is the Sporkies? nerdiest nerds. Uh, Sporky's. Uh, there we go. The nerdiest nerds that could possibly be. Uh, sitting around talking about like, boy, I sure wish we could see some of that good old fashioned women's underwear. That's so all right. So this is I don't know if my adolescence was an anomaly. So when you watch 80s horror movies and it's always like, yeah, it's a gang of nerds who all want to get fucked. And it's always like I, I, I watch them and I'm baffled because I think of myself with other teenagers when I was a teenager. I was not talking about my dick with anyone. Like that was like I, it's so weird to me to have a bunch of teen boys sitting around going, yeah, I'd sure like to make a boob on my dick. Yeah, that ass is good. Like just this weird porny conversation with teenage boys, and maybe I don't know, maybe that was the house style in the '80s or something. Because maybe you know you didn't have internet porn, so you had to, you know, they didn't have the X videos comment section yet, so maybe you had to <laughs> fucking. Yeah, like babble about titties with your now, gross friends. Ryan, and, and can you elucidate why people feel the need to comment on porn videos on the that, internet? That's a great question. I that's can you imagine being the sort of person who you know, like, because you know, like porn is whatever, but leaving a comment on the thing, you're leaving. It's like leaving bathroom graffiti for other perverts. What, just, what is like, the do your Venn diagram between IMDb tag? Like, uh, like tags, oh. and uh, the guy that tags feet in all of the movies <laughs> on IMDb and like full frontal and the commenter on porn yeah yeah videos. it's it's a it's a fucking circle the guy that <laughs> yeah tags everything like humiliated men feet 
humiliated feet. Um, that's yeah, I, it's it's this movie it's so is much filled with humiliated feet. <laughs> Um, and so you've got this group of uh, nerds, which, by the way, thank you for uh, adding uh, Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds going, Nerd. As soon as the scene opens, I just screamed at my computer, <laughs> Nerds! Nerds! Just Ogre screaming. Um, perfect. So thank you for that. Um, so it's this group of kids, and they're all sort of, you know, and they've got, like, standard issue... Uh, Garth Algar like nerd glasses to tell you that these guys have never ever touched a titty. It and... also features Hal Havens uh, from um, Night of the Demons who delivers yeah. his lines in this movies like he's racing home from a <laughs> steak and shake after eating a giant bowl of chili and trying to not <laughs> shit himself. So acting like you've or, got. I'm the sorry, runs. is that too insular of an experience, or is that? <laughs> I think it's fairly universal. Going to Steak and Shake, and then you know your your insides liquefy, and you need to find a quiet place to die. Um, <laughs> and and that's how that's how he acts. And so uh, they're all sort of like, "Bye, sure would like to look at a titty." Nobody in this film has ever fucked. They ever. cannot fuck ever. They are they they will not fuck. They will never fuck. Um, and now, so there's a sorority. How much of that is by design? Like, how much of that is David Ducato like not knowing what heterosexual sex is, and how much of it is like you dumb heterosexuals and your <laughs> weird sex? I that's actually that's the thing that I love is that it's like an insulting impersonation of heterosexuality. <laughs> that it's like just the cheesiest, sleaziest, porniest possible fucking thing. And so uh, this group of of nerd holes. Uh, go to a sorority house to fucking peep like a bunch of weirdos, and there's a hazing ritual involving paddling asses, and it's just a lot. And then they get caught spying on them, and then they get paddled, which is a thing anybody wants to watch. And then they end up at the bowling alley? Yeah, it's so weird. They're like, there's a mall with a bowling alley in it. You know, like any bowling alley I've ever seen. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I feel like they have to contrive it a little. And you know, listen. And then, I know the, this is and that... then the sorority girls are like, and also our dad owns the building, so we'll be able to get in without throwing off the alarm. <sighs> listen, I know that this is a heavy accusation to lob at uh, sorority babes in the slime ball bowlerama. I feel like the the mechanism that uh, gets them into the the bowlerama might be kind of contrived. It's not very organic, you know? Like, <laughs> I feel like they didn't show their work. Uh, they didn't, um, you know, plot it better. They, they end up there, uh, and there is... Now, all right, this movie was... And I cannot even fucking believe this. Do you know what the original title for uh, Bitchin' Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolarama was? It wasn't Bitchin' Babes. That, so even that was a, a, revision, no. a revised no. title? That was the thing they came up with after the first title, which was just The Imp. <laughs> that was what they were going to fucking call this movie, because there is... All right. So, uh, you know what it is? This movie was plotted via Mad Lib, I think. Like, they, it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of uneven, uh, Slimeball Bolarama. Uh, they, they're at the mall, and then they uh, uh, break a trophy that unleashes upon the world an imp who sounds basically like Isaac Hayes. And they wanted Isaac Hayes for this role so bad. <laughs> um, and he, and apparently imps grant wishes? Sure. 
We'll go with that. It turns uh, it turns a bunch of the sorority babes, the titular babes, uh, into sort of ravening sex jackals. Like they are just deeply interested in fucking these dorks. Um, and there's actually a, a a nice scene in here where like uh, this movie understands that that's uh, like no nobody uh, like n- the fucking does not happen because there's there's this one girl that's like pouncing on a nerd who um, sort of even for being a horny nerd, she's like clawing at his pants and he's like, wait a minute, you wouldn't be doing this normally, right? And she's like, it doesn't matter. And he's like, no, it does. Like, uh, I'm, I'm totally into this, but you, you would, you're not in your right state of mind right now. And he kind of, you know, deuces out, which I, I love that it's like, oh yeah, like mind control stuff or like magical spells that alter your brain. Like that's not fucking good consent yeah it's weird that sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama is better than weird science yeah holy fuck um it's now what's also amazing is that the imp who pops up which is just the most delightful little goblin puppet you'd ever want to see um and he sort of pops up and he's like hey how's it going and then when he's like, hey, everybody, I'm an imp. And he just pops up. And then Linnea Quigley, uh, the, the glorious and uh, incomparable Linnea Quigley, just says in the most tired tone of voice I've ever heard, ah, shit. <laughs> like, she's just, or holy shit, just like tired and like, all right, there's an imp puppet. You know what it reminded me of? Um, so you, uh, back in the day, uh, in the, the, the WWF, when uh, the Ministry of Darkness, led by The Undertaker, kept alluding to a higher power over and over for like a month and then when it's revealed that it's actually Vince McMahon that's the higher power and he pulls the hood off and it's him uh, Jim Ross just goes aw son of a bitch like, <laughs> not even not even upset just like god damn it like he's just so fucking tired uh, I just that's... wonder if if Ross was even aware at the time or it's just like he too is like <laughs> I'm as disappointed as you are dear, dear viewer <laughs> well cause like apparently on like message boards back in the day they were like really crazy theories about who the higher power was. Like somebody thought it might be Jake, the snake Roberts or, and then it just, it's fucking, Oh, son of a bitch. Um, and so what sexy hijinks ensue in the slime ball bowl of Rama. Um, a guy gets his head chopped off in a, uh, bowling ball polisher. Yeah. Because if you're in a bowling alley, you ha- you're legally obligated to chop someone's head off that way. Right. Uh, there is also uh, a scene where somebody bowls with a severed head because this is a horror movie set in a bowling alley and you are fucking required by law to do that. Even Fright Night 2, which might be one of the most missable horror movies ever made. It's it's like a middle uh, career Aerosmith album. Dude, fr- I, I figured it out. Fright Night Part 2 uh, would be a movie available on regular DVD in the medium place. Or like it's fine you know uh but there's a scene in there where they're like bowling with human like vampires bowling with human heads and listen if you can do a scene where you're bowling with human heads i feel like you have to yeah now i have a question for you ryan Mm -hmm. who is the better puppet uh the imp or munchie from the movie also available on tubi 1992's munchie which is the sequel to munchies the um Got the Grim Ones ripoff, but is about a single munchie, voiced munchie. by I believe Dom DeLuise. I've wait, is his name Mister Munchie? It's just Munchie. I I've just looked up Munchie and I can't. 
Um, for some reason, Google wants to give me uh, jack-in-the-box munchie meals, which <laughs> I love. I love that they know their demographics so fucking well. Like, listen, you fucking weed stoners. It's one in the morning. Do you want a sandwich with curly fries and nacho cheese on a chicken patty, you piece of shit? I I really want to eat that, but I'm not awake at that time because I'm clearly <laughs> not that demographic. I mean, I absolutely am, and I absolutely have, and it's perfect. Let's um, talk about how um, Scream, uh, how Scream Factory has a Munchies Munchie double feature Blu-ray available. Holy fuck! I've so that's perfect. I've just looked up Munchie, uh, and, which, by the way, uh, it is M-U-N- Dumb Deloise, By the way, it is Dumb Deloise, Yeah, it's a M U N C H I E. He's a little greaser puppet. Yeah. He's got a saucy little spit curl. I feel like I got to give the edge to Munchie on this one. <laughs> is this what we need That's to a, do that is next a... week? <laughs> yeah, we're doing. All right, so next week, Munchie and Retro Puppet Master. See, I'm telling um, you, Tubi is whipping every streaming service's ass. They're fucking out here doing it. Like, I honestly, uh, it's like the opposite experience of being on Netflix because Netflix, what it is, is they've got like four or five flagship horror movies that they will never get rid of and will always be available on that service. And then you start scrolling down and it's like really, really bad straight to VOD bullshit. Like not even fun bullshit. And this, don't get me wrong, this is a podcast where we deeply love and value bullshit. Just like not even fun bullshit. Like, and and Tubi, yeah, it's, it's fucking incredible. They um, have a gnome named Norm on it. Oh my god. I've never actually seen a gnome named Norm. It's it's now on Tubi it's called Upworld, which was the serious <laughs> title. But it it's gnome named Norm. Which is very much like naming uh sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama uh the imp. Like we're just going with fucking comical understatement for this fucking thing. Um now alright, there's another thing in this movie that weirds me out, which is that there is a sex scene that takes place uh, almost on the floor of a gym locker room and there's the, the the movements involved in this and listen you know i've uh i don't know like i've seen the toxic avenger so many times that i was there a thing in the 80s with people fucking on gym locker room floors i mean it hap- it happens a lot in 80s movies <laughs> a non-zero number of times you know what it is? It's like a phenomenon that's also deeply alien to me, but was fucking everywhere in like late '80s movies, is the move where it's a cup or it's like two people out at dinner in a place, and the lady is like a like a saucy lady, and she's trying to like mack on the guy, and so she sl- uh, slips her high heel off and just like grabs his dick under the table with her foot and starts like rubbing him with her foot, and he's always like, "No, I'm getting a foot job," and it's like. How fucking common was this? It's in, like, ever- Gremlins 2 has that. So clearly, it's like, all right, so you get a foot job at a restaurant and then fuck on a gym floor um, if it's the 80s. And that's that's the sexual scene. So where do you want to put this movie on the list? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's... God damn. So, right, so wait, before we, before we rank it, I should also point out, Linnea Quigley is delightful, and I love her. I will watch anything Linnea Quigley's in. She's so good. Uh, I am looking... Okay, let's start with the movie we just did. Which do we think is better? Hell Comes to Frogtown or Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama? Now, you're going to be the ultimate call because I tapped out of this movie because... uh, That's fair. I just... (laughs) 
This might come as a surprise. This was a low priority this week to finish. <laughs> I saw about 30 minutes. I was like, that is exactly what this film is. I know yep. the trajectory. I don't need to watch the rest. You're like, I've, I've finished seen... Hell Comes the Frog Down and watched the bonus feature. <laughs> you, you served your nickel. You don't I need to watch a fucking book about it. I read a chapter <laughs> of a book. In doing research on Hell Comes to Frog Day. Oh my god. You know what it is? There's like a trilogy of movies, which is uh, Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolorama, Hell Comes to Frogtown, and I would say Cannibal Women and the Avocado Jungle of Death as just being like the three sort of like decently sleazy movies that aren't total bullshit to watch that you could like do a, a, a triple feature with. It is um, driving me nuts because I swear I have seen Avocado Women in the Cannibal Jungle of Death death uh-huh or whatever that movie's called but i, I mean, cannot sure. tell you anything in it i can tell you the poster but i do not I, and i'm almost certain i've seen it but i can't right. tell you what happens in it i've i've definitely seen it all i know is that bill maher is in it and i hate him um <laughs> and that's pretty it's pretty much it uh so i i i'm gonna keep it 100 with you i think hell comes to Frogtown is a better movie than slimeball bolorama um Mostly because I was a, a the effects are better, and then B it really fucking surprised me that a movie that centers Rowdy Roddy Piper's sex organs, pretty progressive in terms of gender politics. Which is a better film, The Devil's Rejects or Sorority Girls in the Slimeball Bolorama? <sighs> okay, all right. Devil's Rejects is at number one ninety-eight. <sighs> I feel like, and and I hate to say this because I, I just watched The Devil's Rejects again, just for fun. Um, it, I think it's better. I think there's there's. I mean, The Devil's Rejects is, it's also a sleazy movie that's sleazy for the sake of being sleazy. But I feel like it's shot better, and I feel like the acting is better. You know, it's so interesting because Three for Hell is just about to come out, and I am so. Unexcited it's gonna, for it. It's gonna be bad. It's you. <laughs> it looks so fucking bad. Um, but you know, I'm still it's gonna. It's so eat, funny listen. because I I know for a fact because we share an inbox that you <laughs> can watch it. We have the screener that we're not allowed to to break <laughs> press embargo on. Yeah, I'm I'm actually probably gonna sit down this week and watch Three from Hell. Um, mostly because <laughs> like, listen, and here's here's what it comes down to. All right. Three from Hell is going to be total ass cheek, and I'm going to watch it. It does not matter if it is good, because there are certain directors, and for me, I hate that it's Rob's fucking zombie, but every wretched movie that Robert Zombert comes out with until the day I sink to hell, I am going to watch. Okay, Ryan, imagine um, <laughs> you jump out of a time machine back in 2005, <laughs> and you grab uh, yourself... By your shitty goatee is a listen. <laughs> Wait, have you have you seen the pictures of me in 2005? Because I definitely had a shitty little goatee. <laughs> yeah. Just this I little, this little fuzzy. Because I knew you oh. in 2006, and you still and had I, a goatee. I did. I had that just this shitty little like yeah. I I, I went through puberty. Um, so no, so yeah, I would... future you comes out of the time <laughs> machine and says listen. I would go back. You're going to would... have. 
And it, you're going to have a free copy of Rob Zombie's new movie, and you are not going to watch it the second that you get it because you just can't make yourself care enough. That's what I would. I would go back. I would slap the the hostess fruit pie out of my head. And go, Listen to me, motherfucker. You get out of there while you can. You're gonna. You're gonna be locked in a toxic cycle with director Rob Zombie if you go down this path. You're gonna watch The Devil's Rejects, and then you're gonna watch both Halloweens, stand for the second one forever, and watch Lords of Fucking Salem and like it. And this is the person you're gonna be. You don't want to be that person, but that's what awaits you. I'll see you in hell. Um, that's yeah so <laughs> so sorority girls uh, is not as good as the devil's rejects <laughs> yeah yeah so devil's rejects i think it's a better movie all right all right i, I think i think i have it um i think sorority babes and the slimeball bolorama is not as good as ravenous at number 212 uh it is not as good as nightbreed at 225 is it better or worse the bits that you have seen is it better or worse than high tension um, a movie I that you bear a very personal grudge. Than Cuso. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oh, I think it's also better than Return of the Living Dead Three, which is at two twenty four. Oh yeah, it's definitely. I I'd say it's better than. It's not as good as Grizzly. Okay. All right. Because Here's they blow up a bear with a bazooka in Grizzly. <laughs> also, the fact that uh, the 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 bear whose name was Teddy. Uh, that that was the bear actor in Grizzly. Um, was a very good boy and a very friendly guy. He was the largest bear in the world, and they got him to make the "I'm scary" roaring face by dangling snacks at him to make him open his mouth really big. Um, so I would Have die we in a battlefield. About Grizzly to the concert yet? I'm sorry. There's a sequel. Oh, it never got finished because the producer escaped into a crumbling soviet state with all the production money wow holy shit he just disappeared from public record i'm gonna live like a king in prague now i guess with my grizzly money is a work print uh circulated on you know shady tape uh trading groups oh oh i'm looking this up immediately but, um, but i feel missing all of the so grizzly 2 is going to have an animatronic bear and all of that bear money went with the crew <laughs> as they fled into the crumbling ussr <laughs> that's the greatest thing i've ever listen run the fucking jewels man like you've got that grizzly money you know get out while you can take the money and run they'll never see you again your name is Ivan now, and no one's ever going to find you. You've got, you know, everybody on your block will know that you've got a weird, dark secret and an animatronic bear that pops out on your lawn every Christmas. <laughs> but other than that, they don't, they don't know what's up, and they're never going to know. I like to um, imagine so- they rode the bear. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be my next question. Is like, what became of the animatronic bear that they they had for Grizzly Two? I'm sure they just never built it. Like the real okay. answer is. Instead of building a bear, they just kept the money and ran away. <laughs> but yeah. my imagination, the, the the speculative fiction novel based off of this, <laughs> is that they had yeah. a bear and I guess they fell in love with it. And then... <laughs> which also I love. Now this is a thing that I very quickly before we rank uh, uh, sorority babes in the slimeball bolorama. Are people still out here making novelizations of movies? Yes. 
how does one get into that line of work? Because I would love to write movie novelizations. Ryan, there's a novelization of Lords of Salem. Uh, how? Brian it... Evanson, renowned horror novelist, wrote it. That's honestly, I feel like Lords of Salem is actually really good. Yeah, God. that's what I'm saying. Is like it's still <sighs> happening, and it's. I don't know. It, oh, I would man. love to know that. Um, yeah, I'd also if, love if, to know if anyone is in publishing and wants, uh, you know, to cash in on the rank and vile book train early. We can, uh-huh. we can make a very reasonable <laughs> deal with you. Yeah, get in on the ground floor, and we will both, uh, over the course of a weekend, get a lot of hostess fruit pies, <laughs> and just get fucking loaded up on that, and and write a novelization of your horror movie honestly i was thinking like uh the psychotronic video guide but with the stuff on this list Uh, but i don't think the video guides are a thing that are made anymore because the internet exists rip in peace um yeah that's exactly what it is it's like any any yeah any any fly-by-night shit heel can do basically what we're doing (laughs) which you know i i think that we've surpassed fly-by-night shit heel but we're below like Mickey Mouse motherfucker at this point. <laughs> you know, like we're that, that's the next tier. Listen, um, all right, so we're so, at 415, almost 416 movies. God damn, Quincy, my my bones ache <laughs> from, from the weight of all the movies we've we've watched for this movie for this list. Um, so I feel pretty good about putting uh, Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolarama above Straight Edge Kegger, which is basically what if Green Room but Straight Edge Kids. And below Grizzly, the bespoke Jaws knockoff at number 223. Excellent. So uh, we have a listener request on Tumblr for Blood Rain. Have you watched oh. that movie? Oh, I've definitely watched Blood Rain. Holy shit. I've, I've, I've still, this is the first Uwe Boll movie we'll put on the list. I've still <laughs> never seen one. Oh, this is an exciting moment. Our first Uwe Boll entry on the list. Who, you know, horror impresario, uh, auteur, tastemaker, influencer, Uwe Boll. Um, Blood Rain is garbage, and I've seen it probably... Now, this was one of those movies. Uh, when I was living in Cottontown, Tennessee, um, b- back in, like, 2005, um, I rented Blood Rain from Captain Video and Tanning. And never returned it, but did watch it at least half a dozen times. Um, this movie is completely irredeemable horseshit. Tell me uh, how they it, got Ben Kingsley in this movie. That's a great fucking question. Also because this is a video game adaptation by Uwe Boll, who is, as a director, I would say completely insane. Um, and not and, and now I think there are different, uh, for me, tiers of insane directors. Because like Paul Verhoeven, I think, is completely insane, but also... Um, kind of crazy like a fox, right? Like he, uh, you watch a movie like Basic Instinct or something and you're like, what is Paul Verhoeven saying about, you know, sexual politics or, you know, gender dynamics? And it's like, fuck if I know, but that was fascinating. Uh, and Uwe Boll is just sort of, um, huffing paint fumes and holding a camera and making a movie, goddammit. Um, I feel like Ben Kingsley ended up doing this because he had two days to spare between other shoots. Yeah, it seems and, like that's he was what like, he does with all of his movies. Yeah, what, honest, all right, so what? what is, like, the flagship um, Ben Kingsley role? Like, I don't know what his big iconic role is, aside from, like, maybe the Mandarin in Iron Man 3? I mean, he's, he's delightful an in. Academy Award-winning actor. 
Yeah, I mean he's he's fucking. And he won great. an award for something. <laughs> Certainly something. So anyway, he's he's in the mix. Fucking Michael Madsen, by the way, is in this. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez, who, if you needed a sort of like stock badass tough lady for your video game adaptation movie, you got Michelle Rodriguez. Um, it's it's great. Um, and so she's in there with Michael Madsen, who, as you know, was uh, Mr. Blonde in uh, Reservoir Dogs. And basically, the entire movie revolves around, um, there's like a traveling circus, and there's evil vampires, and there's a vampire hunter. It's a bunch of silly bullshit, and Nuve Bull is there, and also Ben Kingsley for fucking reasons. You know, um, for reasons. Yeah, for, for reasons. Um, this is... <sighs> alright, alright. If this, if this movie could be a person, this movie would be uh, that trapped song, Headstrong... <laughs> that's what it would if if it could yeah that it's it's that where it's just sort of like oh boy we're i guess doing this uh so i'm so i'm scrolling down the list for for where to put blood rain which i've seen many times Did you know who the asshole at is the very bottom oh not oh well okay okay now ben kingsley does turn in a great performance at, you know what it is i feel like uh ben kingsley uh, I, I feel like Bill Nighy ran in Underworld so that... Or he, he walked in Underworld so that Ben Kingsley could run in Blood Rain. Um, where it's just sort of like a great fucking actor that we all love that's just sort of taking doing this role because why the fuck not? And sort of, you know, fucking off with it. Um, so here's, here's my thing. I do think this movie is better than the Karen Black Vehicle Trilogy of Terror at 356. I do not think... <laughs> I do not think it is better than Spooky Buddies at number 355. Now, wait a dang minute. How come Spooky uh, Buddies is not as good as Blood oh, Rain? Oh, no. Spooky Buddies is better. I'm saying. Oh, I'm saying, oh sorry. Blo yeah, Blood Rain, above Trilogy of Terror, because that movie just kind of sucks. Um, Spooky Buddies, they're sacrificing puppy souls to dog Satan, and I'm, I just support that as a stance in a horror movie. Um, so yeah, so I feel pretty good putting Uwe, <laughs> the incomparable, I'm just going to start saying the incomparable in front of everybody's names. Um, the incomparable Uwe Bull, uh, at number 356, Blood Rain. And thank you, thank you for requesting that fucking movie, which I love that it's like, it's so of its time for like video game adepts circa the mid 2000s. Yes. Just, just, yeah. The, the worst bullshit imaginable. Um, so yeah, so I feel pretty good about that. So, uh, Quincy, where can our listeners find us on the internet? We have a Patreon, which can be found at patreon.com slash rankandvile. All one word, I think. Yep. Yep, that's the one. Uh, for a mere $2 a month, you can get our colorful show notes, and you can see all the jokes that Ryan and I have been talking about during this episode as well as links to products and other chicanery. Um, we're also constantly tweeting on Twitter at Rankin, at Rankin Valcast. Uh, our email address is rankinvalcast at gmail.com. Please drop us a line if you would like to advertise, uh, talk shop, um, get us to review your product, or um, if you have a question or listener request, we are on Tumblr at rankandvile.tumblr.com. We have an ask box where you can request listener requests that way too. Uh, like Blood Rain? That's like uh, Blood Rain. Um, 
And guys, we re- request on... more request more Uwe Boll movies, please. I want Quincy to uh, and sort of enter hell with me and just and sh- just share that space and and consume uh, the auteur uh, oeuvre of Uwe Boll. Or if you want to if you want to request all of the evil Bond movies, they're on Tubi. So go oh, for it. Jesus, I. I hate those fucking movies. The bong doesn't even kill anyone. It's that's all I wanted was a an anthropomorphic bong murdering stoners and it's like sexy ladies. It's bullshit. Anyway, um, so yeah, so you're gonna wanna uh, put that either there or uh, send them to rankandvilecast at gmail.com. Guys, we are on Letterboxd. We are on Stitcher. We are on YouTube. We are in all all sorts of places. Uh, we also have the website rankandvile.com. Uh, where we're going to be running some very uh, big interviews in the next couple weeks. So keep your eyes peeled on that uh, URL. Yes, we yep. we landed the rankandfile.com. Somehow, we also got to interview um, uh, an actor in a movie that we've roundly shit-talked on this episode. Yeah, so uh, but stay also... tuned for that big reveal. Yeah, but also the, the 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 actor we talked to is probably the most delightful human being that's ever lived, and I want only good things for him specifically. So there's that. But uh, barring that, I think that is about all I got. You got anything else? Stay spooky, y'all. Later, folks.